Welcome to Zencat Creatives Podcast. I'm Bandon. And I'm Tanya. We are the owners of Zencat Creatives, LLC. We believe that creativity is not just for the painter, musician, writer, or actor. Everyone has the ability to experience and grow their creativity. We interview people from all walks of life to explore how they use their creativity. Creativity is our birthright to interpret, share, and change the world around us. We're super excited to share today's episode with you, so let's get started. Everybody, and welcome to another podcast by Zencat Creatives. Um, we're kind of in hiatus for a little bit. Yep. Um, today we have with us Dustin Troutman, and, and <laughs> we're gonna have Dustin just go ahead and give us an intro about himself. Hi, everybody. Uh, as Bandit said, my name is Dustin. I am a uh, full-time uh, product support engineer for Waukesha Engine in Wisconsin. Uh, I've spent most of my life as an um, engine mechanic, and um, I'm here with my girlfriend Jordan, who I believe was on the show a yes, little bit ago. Yes, she was indeed. Yes, and Jordan is. So they they corralled me in here, wanted to pick my brain with what I thought about creativity. So I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you for being yay. here. Yeah, we love having you guys here. So we should, should we should probably start with a disclaimer that uh, Jordan and Dustin are friends of ours, so this may go off road a little bit. Just off road. You've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a Jeep on thirty threes. It was all get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dustin, let's just start with uh, when you think of creativity, what comes to mind? Like, what's your definition? Your thoughts on creativity? Well. Um, and we've talked about, you know, we've all talked mm-hmm. about this some uh, during our time together. And uh, creativity, uh, first off, what of the, the Webster um, definition was, I, I totally don't connect with that at all. Um, for me, um, being, uh, I'm not a professional creative. I don't, you know, my job has never been uh, something that allowed creativity. Very paper bound, nut and bolt. Take it apart, put it back together the way it came apart. And if you got creative mm. with it, it's probably not going to work right. <laughs> um, uh, some guys would ask, "What the extra here. pieces are for?" That, that's that's not considered creativity. <laughs> so so I guess there are aspects of life where creativity is probably shunned a little bit, but um, that that's all. Um, you know, I guess has been. Um, quiet for me for most of my life so uh creativity. how long you've been doing that line of work uh my whole life uh, i started working on trucks when i was 10 years old oh, wow. and wow. At, on the farm and i just never stopped it was better than helping shovel cow manure so yeah you know, stuck with it and it just became love of my life and wrenching and and uh, being a mechanic is still me um but having this time to explore um you know during the last what, year and a half with jordan uh has exposed me to the the ability to kind of look outside of my own circle so creativity i feel is a freedom um uh, not just the release you know a release is like uh i i need to break free of something 
for a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. and then I can get back to my earthly grind. I think that creativity is a freedom that uh, once you're free, you're free. Mm-hmm. You know, once you open your mind up to, uh, for me, um, I, I think uh, videography was probably the biggest one for me. Um, of course, there's a large technical aspect to creating videos, mm-hmm. running a video camera, mm-hmm. uh, and, and editing and understanding color contrast and a bunch of things I still don't know. Um, but the creativity came into the way that you shot it. It came mm-hmm. into the way that you organized it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I could read a book on to see how to become creative. It was just the way I wanted to do it. Mm. Um, and nobody can take that away from me. No. And, you know, me and Jordan would speak a lot and she would kind of tell me how she felt about the way I was doing something from a technical aspect, but in the end I was just like, I think this looks really nice. And, um, I, I want to portray this. And she would help me uh, figure out if I was portraying what I really wanted to portray mm-hmm. uh, within that video clip. So um, that is, um, it's, it's eye-opening. It's, it, it's your whole being mm-hmm. opening. Uh, choosing or find something, it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, my tattoos, I think, would be my other great creative escape. Mm-hmm. Probably the initial one. I can't draw. I can't sing. I can't paint. I can't. He tries to sing. Yeah, no. We <laughs> all try to sing. We all try to sing. <laughs> if the radio is up loud enough. Yep. <laughs> no, Dustin, I'm going to interject here. Please, please. Dustin has a very unique relationship with his tattoo guy, Eric, as we affectionately call him, and it's like he has these insane ideas in his head, and it's like Eric is his hands, and as this process unfolds of, you know, this first sleeve coming down, and there's, you know, just to give everyone an idea, a visual, you know, there's like engine parts, and like spark plugs, and Winnie the Pooh fishing off the dock, dripping Mm -hmm honey into the fish's mouth in the river like all of that's on one piece and him and eric put that together and it's this fantastical weird storybook on his arm i was telling he should write a children's book um and eric <laughs> on his, his illustrated. but they work well together it's like um you know eric gives him the externalization of the creativity that's within him mm-hmm. with his tattoo art so and with that creativity with with that connection that mm-hmm. is created from creativity um it brought two of us together where we are very much friends we are the after uh doing a run on a piece we go hang out afterwards mm-hmm. and have a beer and have a meal and talk about things outside of tattoos and whatnot and we are not two people you would find hanging out with each other (laughs) our views on life politics food just about everything is completely opposite and it doesn't affect us Mm -hmm. you're tattoo soulmates yeah (laughs) so so but that's a a, uh, for people that like myself that would consider themselves not creative 
I can't do this. I can't. I don't want to try to draw. I don't want to. I can't write a book. I, I don't think about these things. I think most of the time we don't allow ourselves the time to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like we were just talking about time to read a book. You know, well, there's so many other things that, that I'm doing or that you're doing. But the, some of the other things that you're doing, you're utilizing your creativity. Um, mm-hmm. So you've made time for that, whether it's it's for a client or whatever. But you're making time to utilize that part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us kind of skip that. We've forgotten know. it. Mm-hmm. Well, our society doesn't cher- make it important. Doesn't our society, right. Our society is a linear society. <laughs> Yeah. Like, our focus is on responsibility and work. Like, our culture. Yes. It puts that at the forefront. <clears throat> making and money. Yeah. It's all about making money, responsibility, work. Yeah. And, um, and that's what we put our, our focus on. And you can see it throughout the education system over the past 20, 30 years. You know, art is, it went from STEAM to STEM. You know, the, how the, Steam has art in there, but now it's now there's no art. It's science and technical and uh, yeah. what is it? It's uh, science, technology, um, edu- M is mathematics. Mathematics. Something to do with. I forget what the E is. It's. Uh, is it just education? <coughs> it might be education. I feel like I have it's to look something it up. else because it's a specific aspect of. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, like you know, like yeah. the point is that, you know, our societies kind of slowly marginalize art. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, when you look, our society also kind of bases itself off of, really, it's all, everything. Engineering, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Okay. Engineering. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're derivative of. Uh, Western culture from Greece but what did Greece always put at the forefront of of their lifestyle it was it was the arts mm-hmm. the theater mm-hmm. the poetry um, to them uh, athletics was a, a form of art yeah uh, it was very important to them one could argue even their religion was in a sense that their art too sort of a cognizant um, Awareness that they were creating their own religious mythology. In, in a lot of the literature, you can hear, even kind of see that. On one hand, they kind of they know that they're making these stories up about Zeus and and so forth. They believe it. They believe that these um, external supernatural entities could exist, but it's at the same time. At the same time, they're very consciously <clears throat> shaping those mythological stories. You know, Homer's, you know, it's it's poetry, it's it's literature that's made by man through creative effort. But anyway... And um, it still gives us a base to create from those stories today. Mm-hmm. I mean, Greek mythology's everywhere. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, some people, ch- you know, I would think, like, like a story of, like, of Medusa or is common knowledge. I would think so. But at least for me it's common knowledge because I remember there was a sprint of time I don't remember when where I wanted to know about all of the creatures and all of the gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. It was just really neat. 
Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that made people more religious back then because they had super neat stories to tell. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have a point? Um, so you were involved with mechanic mechanical work early on, but did you ever have any other, even if you didn't pursue it, but like a very strong kind of artistic pull at any point <laughs> towards any direction? You know, it's funny you say that. I'm thinking back to like elementary school, which I think is the, the, the most nurturing time of your life, maybe because you, you're not lagged down responsibilities of the world. And you're not old enough to have hormones to start <laughs> running after uh, the opposite sex, you know? It's it's your best time, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe during the last 15 or 20 years of your life where the, uh, the same occurs <laughs> after you retire. I, I don't know. That could be fun. Um, <laughs> Excuse me? I'm not chasing after them. That's too much effort. Yeah. I'm going to eat juice boxes, watch TV, and uh, <laughs> wait for something to clean up my shorts. Uh, <laughs> we do revert, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I do remember really enjoying art class. Again, we're talking elementary school and the middle school, some. You know, I did like to draw. It just I wasn't very good at it. It wasn't like, oh, man, we should really. I, I enjoyed the way it made me feel. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember <clears throat> the one thing they wanted us to do was to create a painting or a drawing. Mm-hmm. And whoever drew the best one, it was about the electric, electricity safety. So whoever drew the best one that was going to go in and they were going to produce this drawing for electrical safety well i really like dinosaurs during that whole time i would get the same three books about dinosaurs um every week at the library um to reread about them that and dracula i like that too and so my picture was of the head of a dinosaur with like lightning bolts coming in behind him and i said i don't know why i um, something about to be careful around electricity, even during prehistoric times or something like that. And the teacher really enjoyed where my mind was going. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was completely normal. I was just like, yeah, of people course. should be concerned about this. <laughs> and so she sent mine in and I was like, I, you know, there's people who are like, you know, people get zap plate switches, like newborn stuff. So, um, I would say that, yeah, I, I had a, I had a connection with creativity mm-hmm. that I didn't do much with. Um, I played piano back then. Oh, wow. I oh, really, wow. really enjoyed piano. Uh, I was good at it. Um, and then I got into uh, shooting sports. You know, instead mm-hmm. of football and all that, we, my dad was my coach and my brothers, and we did a lot of shooting sports, and everything just kind of went to the wayside. So uh, the creativity kind of went out the window and uh, discipline and I can throw in, oh, go ahead, something that I don't know if, you know, I'm allowed to mention this, but when he was in college, he needed an art class as part of his, you know, well-rounded credits, right? Mm -hmm. We all had that, you know, one class that maybe we're like, oh, this is intriguing and it's an art credit I can take whenever I want. I didn't want to take an art credit, but they forced me to do one, so I did poorly well in it, so I actually... And he nailed it. I'm actually really... <laughs> Rock on! And, uh, Rock on! Corsages and stuff. 
picking on your dad or you or your brothers or anything like that. But I think there is there's a large stigma. Uh, somewhere along the line, it happened. Even though most of the great artists that we know about in the world are men, I think there's still a stigma, at least in Middle America, that men should not pursue art. That it's somehow fluffy or it's oh, from my environment, absolutely. You know, I grew up on a farm. You mm-hmm. know, my father grew up on a farm. His brother grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. We didn't do much. You know. You get into urban environments, most people talk about their parents, grandparents, and upwards coming from the factory and doing this mm-hmm. and that. It's the same thing up my way, it's just it was farming. And yeah. Uh, so some areas become more accelerated and more accepting mm-hmm. of the outside world. And I, we were behind. Mm-hmm. We're behind 20 years up there, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would argue there's a lot of places that I, don't, I think it's less about... The location, it's more about the mindset Yes. that can trickle in from anywhere because any place, and it could be the factories, it could be the farms, it could be in a corporation, but I think that when somebody thinks of art, and of course as Vanden pointed this out, it's slowly been dissipating from the curriculum of, of our schools along with, with recess um, because it's unnecessary somehow. They're getting rid of recess? Uh-huh. They're getting rid of recess? Oh, yeah. Most, when my son went to school, they had one recess. When I was in school, we had three. And they, so we used to have, art uh, they're doing the same thing with the table. Art. Yeah. And I think that that's, part of that that's is. That's why they feed us drugs, so they can all have one recess. <laughs> well, they need to feed us drugs because we're so. Yeah. We needed that extra recess. Yeah. Everybody has ADS, ADHD and feeds us uh, Adderall yeah. when they Which should is. just have more recess. Yeah. We just solved it. Yeah. We solved oh, yeah. all the world's problems. Oh, there's problems. tons of people that would agree with you. But my point is is that there's a lot of a lot of people that um, were deterred from um, their art desires. And you know because they it's how are you going to make money doing that? Maybe I don't need to make money doing that. You know what I'm saying? You can be an accountant and be an accomplished painter or poet. And that's what I think is the biggest lie mm-hmm. that we're like, you need to make money at. Mm-hmm. Who the hell cares? You're going to figure out a way to make money because you're going to have to pay your rent. You're going to have to, you know what I mean? And maybe that is something different for you. Not everyone is supposed to be a full-time artist, well, but everyone is supposed to be able to express in some way. And we can't keep suppressing it. There's an imbalance where I think there's too many people in the mindset of, I need to not enjoy anything. I need mm-hmm. to study and become better at my craft or whatever so I can go to college and make a bunch of money and etc. etc. And then the other imbalance is I don't want to do any of that. I just want to create. Well, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I just hope it'll be all right. There's a great balance where, you know, I mean, take your guys' business. I mean, you have a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody <laughs> is really good at a certain um, creative outlet in the arts, Show them how to make a business out of it. I'm sorry, but there was no small business class that I remember that did a lack of anything in my school. Mm-mm. We didn't learn how to do taxes. We didn't learn how to do none of that. I think a great option would be to help people understand and know how to run like an online arts Etsy business. You can sell anything that you want to create on Etsy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that you have to make a ton of money. Maybe you just break even on what it costs you to create. 
And somehow, because we're so focused on productivity, mm-hmm. we think that we have to be making money at that. Cooking. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. Cooking. That's something that they used to teach us in school. Oh, That's yeah. not only something you need to know how to do, or you should know how to do, but the creativity involved in cooking. Mm-hmm. That's something yes. that we've just got. He, I've oh always loved gosh. it, though. I've always loved cooking. But he's brought me eat. into his world of, like, wanting to understand these flavors and, like, mm-hmm. understanding there's a science behind it. I mean, cooking really done well is the perfect blend of science and art. Mm-hmm. So to come back to to your topic, Jordan, um, to play a little bit, maybe the devil's advocate with that is uh, if, if somebody is really passionate in their art form mm-hmm. and that's what they want to do. Um, if they are not making enough money at it, if the society they're in doesn't really support or uh, uh, appreciate what they're doing, then that person has to go and spend eight, 10 hours a day working some ridiculous, monotonous brain dead job, which is eight or 10 hours that they could have been perfecting their craft even better. So, um, I like, uh, I try to monetize all my passions. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I do guitar classes. I try to sell paintings mm-hmm. and we have a business. I do fitness classes and mm-hmm. I do private martial arts classes. I, I'm constantly, I, every moment is a marketable moment. Like I'm giving cards to people at <laughs> home Depot, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, because I'm, I really, I don't want to be put in that it's really hard because our society does not cherish those things. So it's like constantly grinding to try to do it because I don't want to be put in the position. I don't, I don't do what I do to make money at it. I don't want to. So I agree with you that, you know, I'm not doing it to make all kind of money. at it. That's my goal. I want to do it so that I can at least stave off having to get a job that takes away my investment in my mm. passions because the only thing that we have that's really genuinely ultimately really valuable is time it, it's yeah. the bottom line like at one time at some at some point we're all gonna be dead and that's it and from this moment till then it just gets closer and if you're it's it's the truth though. you know thank and, you and and if you're no you know what if i end up so much like dustin because he's all about like you know time limited time and i i, I want to let you finish and yeah i'll just wrap it up and i'll just and i'll just summarize really what i'm saying is you know it sucks that there's a lot of people who are really passionate about what they do but they're kind of you know and they might be freaking awesome at it yeah and there's some awesome musicians out there that, you know, are like working at warehouses and shit, you know? Right. And, you know, that's time that they could be spending either marketing what they do mm-hmm. or grinding or, or you know, or, or or getting better at what they do. And it's yeah. like, because society doesn't value its artists, it's in a way also diminishing its potential by, yes. by not letting them flourish and be Absolutely. able to share what they do. So. And I think... You know, my answer to that is there's two very different situations that you speak of um, or that I'm talking about and what you're speaking of. And um, I think it was on one of Liz Gilbert's creativity podcasts where she talked Mm -hmm. about this woman who used to skate when she was a child and she had a job and, you know, it was rewarding and and she enjoyed it. it. It wasn't, you know, always perfect, but she liked her job. 
mm-hmm. and and she didn't want to like upheaval her life but she had this like hole in her life and she started taking skating classes again and really got really good at it and i think she mm-hmm. you know had this realization that oh i can just go skate three mornings a week before i go to my job and feel extra fulfilled you know so that mm. she was already enjoying her job and just allowing that creativity to happen filled a huge void that maybe you know could allow her to enjoy her day job more now that's not only a creativity item but that's also a discipline and i think there's needs to be something to be said about somebody that practices a discipline just like playing an instrument is not only creativity but it's also a discipline oh yeah right? absolutely Absolutely. And I think there's a great amount of joy. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, um, uh, uh, I don't haven't been doing a lot lately, but I'm, I'm a marksman not only with the with the rifle but with the bow, uh, with a traditional bow, and I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's one of the most difficult things I've ever tried to do is, you know, pretty much become perfect at something that the Indians couldn't even do. <laughs> you're never gonna get there I mean you can try but you're never gonna get it exactly right every single time because there's too many variables but it's such a great discipline just like with the skating or with anything else so well with what Vanden's mentioning is you know I think you I'm gonna say I'm just gonna assume that you me and Tanya are in the same boat um Tanya had the full-time job and mm-hmm. she actively left I actually had the quite op- sincerely actively left. <laughs> actively <laughs> stomped out the door. I was in this position where, um, you know, I tried to get a full time job. I've tried to get full time work since I graduated college, and every time I have been spit back out into this like, nope, you're you're destined to like pave your own freaking path. And I think there are those of us that just have that. And it becomes about finding a way to do what you want to do, to be profitable, but to not only just make enough money to be able to do your passions, but I don't know about you, but I I want to make money. I I want to be able to manifest real wealth in my lifetime Mm -hmm. because I want to be philanthropic with it. I want to turn around and do really cool things with it, you know, to help people. And so I'm just learning and discovering in my life how to say, you know, yeah, I'm still going to do tarot card readings because it brings me joy, but I'm not really going to assume that that's going to bring me money. I need some kind of exchange for doing that for someone, but um, I'm going to monetize something else and streamline something else and really focus on making actual wealth within a specific area. And then I still do my passions and I still make some money off of them, but it's not the focus. But it's the the practicing of the passions that I think is what Mm -hmm. we're all talking about. I mean... Maybe I wanted to be a piano player when I got older. Or a floral arranger. But I wasn't the best. Or I wasn't the top ten or whatever. doesn't mean that you suck. Oh, no. It just means that you weren't able, you you weren't at the level where you were going to make money with it. Yeah. But you shouldn't stop I would even argue that. I would even argue that point. Go ahead. Basically, so here's the thing, and and Vannon can back me up on this, and this might have been where he was going, but... Some of the best artists in the world were never recognized. Yeah. There are so that. many people that have skills that are like to the nth degree 
Right. And because they didn't have the promotion, support, notoriety, the right, right. school, yep. the right face, the right color skin, whatever, they were put on the side. Well, and later on, you find these... Sucks. You find these amazing pieces of art, whether it's a photographer, whether it's a writer, whether, uh, I mean. That technology has allowed to put a light on some of that. Yeah, right? but at American the time, Idol. you know, at the time, was Michelangelo really the best? Probably not. So he's just the, the one that brought the He's spotlight. just the one that knew how to schmooze and get some good people to back him with some serious moolah. What, what I was going to comment on was that, um, playing on what you were saying, Dustin, yeah. is that so a lot, I think there's this conception that creative endeavors and art is this sort of flimsy, happy thing that people just, you know, frolic and, you know, whim, wing around a paintbrush or bang around on a guitar and have fun at it. Um, and they don't realize the level of, uh, that there is a level of craftsmanship and there it mm -hmm. is yes. it is a developed skill and mm -hmm. um, so much so that the more that I am involved in all of it and the more I expose myself to my own heroes and so forth learning their life stories you it, it becomes the common denominator of the greats in fact let's bring up Michelangelo one of my favorite quotes by him is everybody thinks, this is a quote, everybody thinks I am so great, but if they knew just how hard I had to work at it, they wouldn't think so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even people like, uh, yeah. you look at like Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix is another one where, you know, people are like, oh, you know, he's just phenomenal, you know, the best guitarist ever, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he slept with a guitar. He played the guitar constantly. Um, who else? Who was it just the Sash. other day? Sash. No, no, there was well, somebody. Well, he did the same thing. Though. No, there was somebody just the other day what we were learning about, and they were saying they seen them when they were younger, and they were like. Oh, Coltrane. Coltrane, yes. Really? Coltrane, the the horn player, saxophone yeah. player. Mm-hmm. He there's video there's footage and or audio of him when he was you know playing. He was a good sax player, but. He was just running the mill. He was just a cover band guy. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know. And, you know, people today listen to that audio and they say, are you fucking kidding me? Like, is that Coltrane? That'd be like hearing Jimi Hendrix, you know, at, uh, at a little dive, you know, messing up some chords and you hear him <laughs> screwing up and he's uh, singing out of tune. Coltrane um, studied his ass off. I mean, he just studied and studied and lived with his instrument and made it an extension yeah. of himself. So he got to that point that he transcended. You know, the really, really greats, mm -hmm. they transcend because they they do grind, but they, yeah. they grind in a different way. They grind because it's yeah. a passion. Like, they make that. It's well, not work. It's and, and the passion, it comes back to passion again. Yeah. And... You know, back to what I was saying with the piano thing. Obviously, if I was more passionate about it, I probably would have would have made a different decision or whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah your parents can kind of sway you one way or the other, but not that I blame anybody. It was something you know I wanted to continue with my shooting sports, and mm -hmm. you know, I became an international, you know, gold medalist at it. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't like I suck. I, I put a lot of time into it. You know, 
that's what I chose to put time into. Honestly, I look back at it, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, starting to play an instrument, uh, guitar, my fingers won't do it, piano, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I would have to make time for it. I would have to feel mm-hmm. passionate about it. And um, no, I think pas- passion and creativity kind of go hand in hand a lot because, uh, you know, pro- or passion is kind of like the fuel on that fire uh, yeah mm-hmm. and my mind come in waves with every thing that comes by my plate um mm-hmm. you know I, I start with the with the videography here with jordan and i had a huge learning curve and i learned a lot and i had a lot of fun and i kind of I, I slowed it down because it was it kind of felt like work to me for a little bit yeah and and so we took you know, I took a little break from it over the, the, the winter here. And um, then I started a hydroponic garden in the house. And then that just kind of took over here for a little <laughs> bit. Um, and it's it's as if my brain, uh, the way my brain works, is I constantly need this new information. Constantly, constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't allow me to pick things up. And unless it runs with me for a while, it might dive off. But it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. You know, I brew beer. I haven't brewed beer in five years. The stuff's in the basement. I might get ready to do it again. Like, <laughs> I I want to do a lot of things. You mm-hmm. know, I want to. Oh, I hear you. Uh, I, I want to totally try all you. the flavors of the rainbow. So. So I'm. I want to back up just a little bit because you were talking about um, with your your you're an engine mechanic, and I and I feel a need to explain that. Because honestly, when I first heard that you were an engine mechanic, I'm thinking, you know, cars, you know, Trust you're in a garage. You're a better both mechanics. Tech. So you can call someone a mechanic. Explain just very simply what you do. Um, I have worked on every different size industrial engine from a big truck, 18 wheeler, to uh just short of uh, a ship vessel you know mm-hmm. um, that's in, in my world we call them slow medium and fast speed engines uh, a fast speed engine is you know 1800 or 2000 rpms which compared to your car that runs 6000 rpms is relatively slow um, so higher rpms is actually slower Higher RPMs is actually faster. Uh, slower RPMs, um, you know, the, the big engines I used to work on, the piston weighed the size of the entire engine in your car. For oh, one, wow. For one cylinder, and these were 16, 20-cylinder engines that created power for some of your military establishments across the world. Mm. Um, Navy bases that had communications into the submarines out in the Big towers that were a mile in the in the sky, all this weird old stuff. Uh, water treatment centers where we separate the poop from the water and use uh, human feces to uh, you know create methane that we then burn off in the engine, create electricity, which they're all over the in every mm-hmm. little town. Landfill engines where we um, 
cap off a landfill and then we suck the methane out of that to run the engines that make the electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, th- think of any application that a, a, a large engine, you know, whether it's one in that big truck or one that takes an entire building to be built around it. Uh, I've worked on uh, up to date and uh, I stopped wrenching here about, I call it wrenching, mm-hmm. being a grease monkey being a wrench, being a mechanic, being a technician. Technician is the, is the term that people like to be called now. Okay. It makes you sound more professional. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But there's a there's a huge curve that has turned around because of technology. Mechanics aren't just people that uh, adjust a carburetor and grease a couple of joints. There's a lot of computerization. You have to be almost a network administrator to understand how to make something work anymore. Yeah, he was looking at the engine and its levels. I diagnosed the engines in West Virginia from the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, what's that? You know, I look over at his computer and he's like, well, this is where this, and I'm like, this Data, is trending, looking at lines that go up and down and side to side. And she'll go, what are you looking at? And I said, well, this is, you know, the humidity went up 30% over a course of period of time, made the engine react in such a way, and that's why it's, not following correctly and she's just like look at me she goes this is you enjoy i said yeah i love sitting here looking at this data and finding out what's wrong so here's here's the wrench i'm going to throw in your your definition (laughs) of of creativity so when you're talking about the different things that that you're doing there's obviously pride Mm -hmm. in in what you're doing but i think there's also creativity even though i i understand that if you put an engine back together incorrectly you can't be like we let's put this nut over here let's take the wrench and fly it over there like you can't do that obviously but there is some creative thought creativity makes the best technicians okay tell us about that so when i first got into this um uh really like not just doing it because somebody told me to do it but doing it because i wanted to me and my best friend at the time started a garage in high school not actually like, you know, it was on the side. It was a lawnmower shed made for lawnmowers, not to put a car in. Mm-hmm. And so we would start pulling engines and transmissions out of cars and replacing them with ones that got out of the junkyard with a 150-piece <laughs> craftsman tool set, a hammer, and a pair of vice grips on the stone floor. Um, we'd yank the engine out of the car. We'd have to bolt wheels back on the car, put it back on the ground, push it out the door so we could put the engine back down on the ground so we could actually work on it. Um, you had to get creative. See? Um, there is creativity. I knew To do without. And that was where the beginning of my mind started racing in that way. Now, if you worked in a manufacturing plant, my manufacturing plant for my company's up in uh, Canada now, uh, there's not a lot of creativity involved there. This goes here. Put this together. This is how it's supposed to be. Uh, creativity costs time in that world. Mm-hmm. It's not Unless, efficient. of course, you're trying to troubleshoot something. Well, that's where when you get out into the field is where the creativity comes out. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to test this when I don't have that tool that does the testing? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you get a paper clip out and you put it there and you put it there and you get this, re- this will tell you what you want. And people look at you like, how'd you, 
as you know, you only gotta get a little creative. We used to, we say it all the time. <laughs> we used to make we have to make our own gaskets. We used to call it arts and crafts time, where you'd sit <laughs> and cut gaskets for all the different. You'd do it all by hand, you know. Uh-huh. Um, the when, when you have yeah. to fix a leak, if you had to, welding. Uh-huh. Oh, welding! You've seen some of the things that people do with a welder. Yeah. When it comes to sculptures, uh, oh, yeah, engine yeah, yeah. parts, and the mm-hmm. guys will look like they got little machine guns. Oh my God! I want to be able to do that stuff. I maybe if I spend enough time, I could. But I uh, think there's another uh, thing to put on the shelf. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I call them crumpled up pieces of paper. I think there's uh, um, somewhat of a, we have to create a uh, def a definition that is clear that creativity. The nature of creativity can be applied to anything. It's in all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to problem solving, creativity, you know, it's the ability to to look at all the ideas that are within your experience and put them together and kind of make them fit. It's kind of like that children's mm-hmm. game where you got a ball and a circle and a square and a, yeah, uh, a cube. Around hole. Yep. Yeah. So you know you're you're trying to figure out how to make things work, but you're using all your experience from things and the more you can not look at it so fundamentalist so like absolute mm-hmm. you know some people are just so linear that you know oh we always did it this way it has mm-hmm. to be done this way those people aren't able to one of the deadliest quotes ever yeah. we've, we've always done it that way yeah yeah we got any or individual it is awful where you know sometimes so let's take a painter so they're using creativity and the problem solving, how they're using colors, how they're using shape, and how they convey that idea. I think the difference, what we're missing here, the primary thing that's different that we're not calling by the right name is does what is manifested inspire other people? So the Ooh. painter makes something, uses creativity the same way everybody else does, the exact same way that a uh, Technician? Mm-hmm. Technician would. Right? Same thing. Nothing's different about the way the mind's working there. Right. It's using all the tools, all the experience, and putting something together. The difference is how people, the populace, how the populace react to it. Now, I would say in the same regards in with things in the mechanical realm, there's certainly inspiration there. You know, when the first, you know, huge Navy battleships came out, you know, people were like, whoa, you know, that's a lot different than but the old purpose sailboat. <laughs> but the purpose for building that large battleship wasn't for the inspirational effect. It was to kill people. Right. So, <laughs> Although one could argue it would inspire some people. To want to go and kill someone, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. But, but uh, the inspiration I was for other engineers and other people that were that would marvel at it. That would marvel and go, I can top that. Well, absolutely. There's oh, you can, you can inspire people to do better through your works. Mm-hmm. But in the comparison, like Van and say, when I go to work, there's nothing that I do that I'm trying to inspire somebody else in through my work. I am there to help. I'm here there to help solve a problem and I want to share that and help educate other people. And and that those are all really wonderful things. 
But I'm never trying to. Ins- the only time I'd be inspiring somebody is if I had somebody new working with me, and I was trying to show them the way and inspire them to become somebody better. Mm-hmm. You know uh, that that shadowing effect. But mm-hmm. if you're writing a book or painting or painting. <laughs> I was like, did I say that right? Uh, uh, you know, uh, or a sculpture or anything. Those those things aren't being created because, well, you know, we need battleship to go to war or we need this engine fixed. No, the reason that they're made is just to inspire. That's a whole, like, most of the sole purpose, right? I yeah. mean, that way you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the chief purpose of any type of art would would be that you know and i think a lot of times artists get lost in the technical process and uh forget that sometimes i forget it yes you know there's times in fact lately you know i've been practicing guitar a lot more lately and i've noticed in the last couple days (laughs) in the last couple days i'm like no wait a minute like, I'm getting so, like, caught up on the technicality of this. I'm not actually feeling what I'm doing. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to fucking relax a little bit. like, <laughs> And actually, like, start thinking about what is this conveying? Like, try to channel that, you know? Like, I'm doing a, a online challenge where we're putting together a guitar solo. And it's a community that holds each other accountable by, you know, sharing it. So... I'm so caught up in trying to get this just right, right? And today I loaded my first video where I was actually like relaxed and like, okay, I actually want this to like, I want to Feel, channel right. what it's supposed to be doing rather than mechanically trying to get all the notes right, you know? And I think there's a lot of really technical painters out there that get so freaking technical that you almost like feel the the mechanical nature of it in the painting. And so that can be a style within of itself for sure. But right. But I think chiefly, ultimately, um, all the arts really are a way of, of just sort of one individual screaming out an emotion, a thing that's saying, this is for us all to realize we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm saying here is that you can all connect to that emotionally and we recognize that that this life experience thing is something we all interconnectedly have and that's what this thing says you know everybody has that piece of music you know where maybe not all the time but at some point in their life it just brought tears to their eyes oh yeah and they're just like bam boom hits you and it's like that's that's art like that's that's the type of art that really transcends and it 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 makes you feel alive it's like, whoa. <laughs> some people are more drawn to, I mean, I'm very uh, much connected to music. You know, I love many, many different kinds of music. I listen to music pretty much all the time. And if I don't have music playing, I'm usually playing some kind of a song in my head mm-hmm. uh, most of the day. Um, I'll purposely play a song in the morning, and then that's my song for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or have you ever like made a stupid song up? Like you're just doing something and you're just like, <laughs> just start saying something and then it's stuck in your head. Yeah. He does that about the dog. He makes up so many songs <laughs> about the dog. Such a good boy. Yeah, that's it's fun to do. Yeah, um, actually, we. 
I said we do it quite a bit. Yeah. Oh. Mostly him, but yes, we. we talk but then about it's that. in your head the rest of the day, and and uh, think about that. Now it wasn't me to inspire. It wasn't as much of a serious thing, but when you're playing that over in your head, and it you you realize that you're playing it in your head, it makes you stop and you laugh. You know there but is. But it inspired you, and you're think, still reaching that that goal. I think what Tanya and Vannon are both trying to get at here, the, the grand picture, is that there's creativity in you and expressing through you. Why no? All the time. Oh. And I am going to tell you mm-hmm. that one of the things that drew me to you, right, like match.com follow-up here, one of the things <laughs> that really drew me to him was in the beginning, he would write me really cool poetry about his engines, and he would talk about them like they were, like, his mistresses. What? Yes. And he would, like... My gosh, you have to share some of those. He would, like, text Dude, me. Dude, you need to, like, write a book. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's always been the thing. And he it would was be like, like <laughs> they burn with desire, and I feed them, and I feel cool. their power. And I'm just, like, I'm kind of getting hot right now. Like, yeah. Ah. So he has My always gosh. had creativity in him. He just doesn't really realize it. I don't... Pre- well... Because it just happens naturally, and that's great. There's some parts of it I just, I don't practice it like I should. Like, there was a time, and, and it was, see, creativity sparks creativity, right? So, like you said, you, you, you I'm going to get back into this game, into playing guitar. And so, first off, you're trying to feel your way through it, but if you're missing a couple technical things, then you kind of zoom in on those, get them done. And and me with the videography, I was getting so technical, I didn't even know how I felt about the videos I was making anymore. And it kind of, you kind of get lost in that a little yeah. bit. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I've been, in the last year, I've been dreaming more than I've ever dreamt in my life. And people... Clary Sage is the one. Damn voodoo oils. And and I I used to use it like every night because I was like, holy crap. It was like, I was purposely doing drugs because I wanted to (laughs) see what kind of a trip I would go on that night. Because I'd wake up and here's the difference. People say about, yeah, I dream all the time. What's the big deal? The difference is I would wake up and I would remember everything. At least for five minutes. Long enough period of time for you to write down. And mm-hmm. so I started keeping a notepad next to my bed, but I didn't take it seriously enough that when I would wake up that I would want to write it down because I would say to myself, I'd start playing in my head, and I'd be like, I don't want to write that down. Like, that's just weird. <laughs> like the tarantula with the bunny ears I was yeah. coming up my back that ended up being the dog. totally want that pet, though. Right. Tarantula with a bunny ear. That might, right? That'd be a fun pet. Ew, there's, there's cute. <laughs> But I should do it. I should just write it down and no fear of what anybody's going to feel about how my dream was. It's crazy. We'll, it we'll might talk be. about write it in front of your face. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Not but write it down because it's a process. Like, mm-hmm. once I start doing that, the more you do it, the more mm-hmm. uh, comfortable you come with the idea of. I would like to write more about this. Mm-hmm. My brain is going to mm-hmm. recognize the things that are already going on in it. Yeah. And I think a lot of those things kind of lay dormant. 
mm-hmm. when you're not using it. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you because writing is actually my primary form of art. I do, obviously, lots of other things. But writing is that thing that you've heard of Flo. That's, um, his name is Chicksamahai. Can't remember his first name, but he wrote a book called Flow, and basically what it is is where talent and um, pleasure essentially come to the apex. So when you have a certain level of dedication and talent, mm-hmm. and it reaches a pla- place where you're just so completely focused, you no longer have to think about, you know, I have to put my finger here, finger there. I never have. When you reach that point of flow, and I'll get a better definition. I'll put it in the the show notes at some point, but. Um, but basically it's that point where everything else disappears where you're so completely absorbed in what you're doing because you don't have to think about what you're doing and you're completely enjoying yourself it reaches this place called flow I know what you're talking about uh-huh. I in can't tell the last time I've had that but I know exactly what you're talking about right so and you probably had it while hunting or doing your, there was your no shooting piano. And, okay no, I can tell you it was during the piano that I, that I know where I, when you're playing an instrument and you're reading from a book, you're reading mm-hmm. the notes, right? Mm-hmm. You follow the notes that you're playing. Mm-hmm. But I have always been someone that read ahead, even in school, I always read ahead. Mm-hmm. And so my problem was I'd start reading ahead of where my notes were, right? So I'd be playing and pretty soon I'd forget where the hell I was, but the problem was I was actually playing it right. So, you know, I would probably hit the apex, and then the apex would maybe just, like, start drifting away. I don't know. But I remember (laughs) it was, I didn't know how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it was happening, and it Mm -hmm. felt good while I was Mm -hmm. doing it. Um, To to me, like, uh, hunting to me these days has no longer become this thing of perfection, a thing of uh, discipline or because like you know i've shot responsibly safely my entire life it's not like hey you know mm-hmm. nobody got shot today no we're not surprised no i didn't that. i didn't no no i'm just saying <laughs> i was just saying like whoops sorry you didn't need that hunting here, is you? about uh, and, and i told her this hunting is about the, the people i spend it with i mm. would rarely go by myself mm-hmm. unless i was just like i i need a deer to go in the freezer um mm-hmm. fishing is probably the thing that I'm going towards, like mm-hmm. fly fishing. Mm-hmm. I want to become connected, and you have to have everything perfectly right. You mm-hmm. have to tie the fly perfectly right to look like a fly and present it in front of the fish perfectly. I've caught a bat with my fly. <laughs> I That's didn't impressive. fool the fish, but I did you, fool the bat. You fooled the bat. I did. That is hard to do. They're very <laughs> I, think so, I think it was a really, I'm Question not sure. Mark? Fly batting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fly bad. <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that. Oh, it's fabulous. I love fly fishing. It's not easily attained, but once yeah. it happens, that's that epitome where everything came together to get that one little guy that you can pull out of the water and say hello and take a picture and talk to you and put him back in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Important to do that. It is. But anyway, my point was is that when, when you. When you reach that point where you're writing all the time, and I can't even remember now what I was originally going to do. We were talking about, about the apex. Yeah, but before yeah. that, there was a reason that I brought that up. But basically, when, I, when I'm when i writing, if I'm in that right spot, if I'm in the flow, mm-hmm. 
I am completely living what I'm writing. Really? And my hands yes. are just doing what they have to do to to get that to catch out. it. Yep. Just because, because this is coming up and this isn't exactly creativity, but it's more specific. Do you write or do you type? Both. Doesn't matter which one for you. It I have moods. Okay. I have writing moods. There's times when um, I type, and then there's I guess the stuff that's more emotive, more emotional. I need to use. I have a a, a complete set of uh, fountain pens, like refillable fountain pens. This is my this is my geekhood in my writing. Is I have okay. Vanden has helped um, supply my geekness. Um, I have what twenty different types of inks. I have seven different kinds of fountain pens that I can fill up with the various inks, so I can combine them. I can make different colors. Some are quick dry. Some are. I have. I have this totally. I have a special box. I have a special shelf for ink. This is very exciting. Yes, <laughs> but when I write, for for writing's sake in my journal and different things, I use my fountain pens, and it's a completely different place. That when I write there, yes. it's very emotive. When I'm just simply trying to dump what's in my brain. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. It's like, so I need to dump. I have to think about it, yeah. So sometimes, well, it's a, it's a different kind of, of dump. There's the story that I wake up in the middle of the There's night. There's the hot wing dump. There's <laughs> time out. Wrong kind of dump. Time out. <laughs> anyway, so... The, there's the story that is broiling in my head that I need to get it out. And I will numerous times wake up in the middle of the night because I have this thing and I'm like, I have to write it now. Yes. And it's a story or the next section of a story or a thought or a process or something like that. I just need to get it out. You keep that readily available. I get up and go into my office. I physically get up because I won't be able to sleep. Yeah, right. I I just have to get up and go. It's just that. And then there's other times when it feels less like a story and more like it's a personal, emotive. And it's not that my stories, the ones that I type, are not personal. But there's sometimes there's just emotional stuff. And that's when I pull out the pen and the paper and... And I write longhand. I have packs of paper that I just, I just write on. And then I have a journal. And then I have my computer. And then, but it's, I go, I follow my gut as to what, because sometimes I'll start writing one way and I'll be like, this isn't working. And I'll switch to a different. Right, medium. I, 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 I really think I do need to get myself organized to start writing again in mm-hmm. a way I don't know in what way but um, we were this goes back to the, the creative things that are used to inspire <clears throat> I like doing all kinds of stuff right mm-hmm. um, but most of it's for me mm-hmm. I'm not trying to inspire I'm trying to grow vegetables right now just because I want to see if I can do it Awesome. We might have some fish soon, catfish, and we have an aquaponics. Like it, there's just a lot to it. Catfish and it makes go with, yeah, with the plants. The yes, fish and aquaponic system is it creates um, an ecosystem within itself. Oh, okay. So kind of like they do with those poor little fish inside the plant pot. 
Well, this is actually separate, so it'd be as if you have fish living in this environment, and you have the plants, I mean, let's call them that, you know, say they're vegetables, living above them, the water gets pumped from the tank into where the vegetables are, and the ammonia from the uh, fish wasting in the water then transforms through the medium that the plants are growing in to the nitrate that green leafy plants love so much which then takes the ammonia out of the water, which would kill the fish if there was too much, and it filters it and goes back into the system and everybody's happy. Wow. So it's a very balanced, has to be a perfect environment. So... I should totally tell Jerry about this. This would be a perfect winter activity for him. I want to do this, and I don't want to use goldfish because you can't really eat goldfish. I want to use catfish. Not that I really, really want to eat catfish, but it feels like... I told him I would name them catfish. And then I'll put them in the pond. (laughs) I'll put them in the pond in Myerstown. You know, I don't know. Um, Just, it's just, I get something in my head. Why would you get rid of them at all, though? Well, you can't keep it forever. If they grow too big, then the ecosystem becomes out of balance. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And they set them free. Oh, I gotcha. Right. So that some crazy fly fisher person who can't catch a bat might catch them. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe put them back in. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I like to catch and release unless I'm really hungry. Yeah, um, I've never I've never kept any. The only fish I ever kept I cried over. Yeah. It was a you sunny. You kept them to cry over? Or you, no. They, they the, died. The hook got caught yes. inside. And but that's okay because fish don't feel anything, right? No. We're no. not getting to that. Stay tuned for I was like our podcast about, about fish and pain. My grandfather or my cousin made fun of me for for weeks on that, and I cried every time he brought it up. And I'm like, but it died. <laughs> now no we're crying because you were the one responsible. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you felt like a murderer. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. But going back to the reason I brought that up <laughs> is. I do these happy little diversion there. I do these things because of the way they make me feel. I mean, she doesn't even have to like it. It doesn't matter. It's what I wanted to do for whatever reason. That's good though. Uh, Yeah, you need to have those things to do. But to do something. To be clear, check with your partner or spouse before you start a garden in your kitchen, which I did. I did. I did check. Honestly, honey, I think this is one of your most wonderfully insane projects because <laughs> it's going to yield us some fresh vegetables and it keeps I you busy not and happy. I cannot how big and He's is. just, he's, he's, you know, harnessing his inner I have to stop doing woodworking right in the kitchen mm-hmm. for obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but she cleaned out your cart. So is there any, do we need to cover any other topics? Because mm-hmm. I think we're going off. Well, where I was going with that was that the idea of writing, the idea mm. of doing something beyond all my other creative endeavors, but mm. to do something that sole purpose is to inspire others uh, by, the st- in this case, the story that I tell. Mm-hmm. There's a different feeling attached to that. Mm-hmm. Thinking about doing that, it's, um, it's no longer a selfish endeavor. Not that selfish things are bad, but... No. Wanting to do something for to, to share with others, I think, is kind of... There's a different power attached to that. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I and I agree, there's different places that, you know, you may want to inspire people, and then it may be other part of you that just like, I don't care what those other, other people want. This is just for me, and I enjoy this. And that's a 
the important and thing. honestly those are the things that end up having the most power i mean mm-hmm. you you take something like what i'm excited and <coughs> thrilled to be doing with teaching online classes to people mm-hmm. um and the content and how and those specific things yeah. just things that i've been thinking about for a really long time going i'm on fire to tell people about this so then we create the video and i share it and boom, I'm making money at it. And I think the thing that's going to be most profitable for you is the thing that you, it's like hot potato. You can't hold on to it. You know, mm-hmm. like you just got to get rid of it and share it with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. So I, I foresee. The thing that you have the most passion behind. Things. Yeah. I think Justin's going to end up being a writer, whether he realizes <laughs> it or not. But that's what I Well, I'm helping. That's my first. Yes. With, yes. With your well, so we can have a race to see who gets published first. Yeah. <laughs> little family competition yes anything else you think i think that's everything i i guess uh anything else you want to tell us uh about about where we can find you where you can find you what other projects oh because you and jordan we're talking mostly with you but you and jordan also have your own thing that you do together so on so jordan has a website jordanlee.com uh that's her business page for her natural being wellness and natural being photography but on the Natural Beauty Photography page is where we keep, um, currently there's just imagery for the Beautiful Ruin Project, which is a project that Jordan started years ago, and I've kind of jumped in, and that's where I started with this uh, videography. So on the Beautiful Ruin Project Facebook page, uh, there's a lot of the uh, longer and then some of these shorter 10-second clips that I did to kind of help promote the project and uh, it, it turned into more than just promoting the project and turned into this new passion that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where some of that is. And then we have a YouTube channel, uh, Jordan Lee and the Troll. It, uh, it was a name. That's his nickname. It's a name that's back. been given to me and we won't go into all the details. <laughs> of what got me to that. Um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, but sure, we, 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 we open this up to be everything. There's When it comes to creating content to put out into the world, it can be so complicated. And mm-hmm. then we realize that we don't need to niche down onto anything. And if I wanted to start blogging about quitting smoking, which I didn't do such a good job, but I did make some blogs on it, if I want to share some of the beautiful ruin mm-hmm. videos, if I want to do a video yelling at the world about why there's no credible information about hydroponics, <laughs> then I'm gonna do that. I and think that's an awesome idea. So that's that's where mm-hmm. a lot of those things and and you know uh, and we have a podcast. What's our podcast called? <laughs> something worth saying. Our um, podcast is something worth saying. That's part yes. of. That's part of the, the thing. Something worth saying. Yes. Okay. That is soon to be coming out. We're very excited. We have about four mm-hmm. episodes um, that are, you know, nearly ready to go. And uh, we we talk about a bunch of different things. Um, sometimes he and I are on the podcast together. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes we're interviewing someone like you guys are doing with us. Mm-hmm. So. It's probably the same thought process you guys had you just looked at each other and said you know we should record all the stuff that we weird conversations we have with ourselves mm-hmm. so and yeah a, yes and a place to share like our wellness knowledge 
um, our relationship um, triumphs and difficulties because mm-hmm. we believe in being very honest with people and people um, like failures. Yeah, they, like they do. About, right. <laughs> well, you when know, you look at a review for a product, do you want to see all the gold stars? You look for that half star star. Be like, why is somebody? Why mad is about someone this? not <laughs> liking this? Yeah. So oh, we yeah. just a quick story. We were on a beautiful ruin shoot, and one of the models just was like kept talking to us about how refreshing it was that we got into this like utter uh fight on location and everything that could have gone wrong with like actually entering the location um it was very stressful it the was things very we stressful. put in place with radios and things fell apart everything fell apart we couldn't communicate i well. hiked up a mountain with way too much gear and my foot was in a lot of pain and i couldn't find her and there was and there was dirt like biking dirt bikers yes so we thought we were like by the time i found her caught. as she's standing inside the building and me running around one of the buildings trying to find her right now i'm yelling out loud to <laughs> get the hell out of the building so i can find you my and point we're was, just at and this woman's yes. watching us and she just and i'm on fire i mean you know like people you know like people might Say things like, you know, sometimes I just want to punch you in the face. It's not like I never punch you in the face, but like, I was mad. And the lady just looks at us, she goes, I'm so glad to see this. And I looked at her, and I'm like, I, I don't know how to process this, but at least she's all uncomfortable. I, I felt bad. And she goes, it's just so nice to see the other people fight, like, you know. That they have difficulty, normal. that they go through. Uh-huh real times of strife but that we're okay we we love each other we're you know and, and i think that that's what the podcast is about it's about being real and authentic so yeah but we don't worry we're not gonna like yell at each other on the podcast that's a different kind of entertaining that's like a jerry springer thing yeah we're not we're not <laughs> doing that which might be entertaining. I'm right, currently processing if there is any value in that. And I'm not, <laughs> no. I'm not completely ruling it out, but right now I don't see where anybody's going to be driving down the road and being like, I want to listen to them two rip on about running out of peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So anyway, to wrap that up, the podcast is something worth saying. Um, we'll, we'll get that. Uh, link to you so that you guys yes. can share it. Yeah. Cool. So, well, thanks for having me over. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Thank you. I like this topic, you know. Yeah. What yeah, well, we'll think? probably, we also have, um, we have our fireside chats that we do. We haven't recorded one yet since we decided to do it. It's, we talk about, our fireside chat is called, we talk about shit and sometimes there's fire. We talk about a lot of shit and sometimes there's fire. That's our. <laughs> so this has got we nothing to do about, with the campfire outside. Yeah, we have a campfire outside, and we do, and we talk about all kinds of shit, and sometimes we have fire. That's yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that's what we're gonna be doing. Once it gets warm enough, we'll start doing that again. And of course, you guys are on the list, so yay, cool, right? We invited you to your yes, okay, what? yeah, because uh, it's a private group, but I'm pretty sure I have both of you on there. Oh, on the Facebook machine? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, you might want to try me. I'll double check, but I thought you were on. I'm definitely on it. I know so. you are. Yeah. And maybe you just didn't accept. There's like this whole page on Facebook. I realized this the other day. Somebody invited me to something and I somehow clicked something. And all of a sudden there was like this entire page, like scrolls of pages of so-and-so invited you to like this. I'm like, 
where did this come oh, from? Oh, yeah. There's like pages of these things. I'm like, who are these people? I don't know these people. Why are they asking me to like stuff? I don't know them. I don't, I don't yep. know who these people are. It was overwhelming. So you may want to check that page because I might be on there. Uh, I will check it. I will, I I will re-invite you if, if I don't have your You're, you're on the MS-DOS side of Facebook. Yeah. And the Black Beyond. Yes. <laughs> I like that place. It's good stuff. Anyway, do you have anything else to say, honey? No. No? All right. Well, thank you both for being thank here. You. We'll thank you. We'll put all your links and your contact information in the show notes. And I do expect to get one of those poems. I want a mechanic poem. I want <laughs> I'll to have her. On that. She'll have to hunt that down. Yeah. I don't even know if I can go back that far in our text history. Well, he's got to have them somewhere, right? No, it's... Ah! So let us write that down. Okay, you're going to stop it? We good? Yeah. All right. See ya.